Nick, I think you have the, yes. the topic today. I do have the topic for I'm today. I'm excited. And before I get into the board game idea itself, I'm going to talk again about video games, which you know I have a little bit more uh, experience with. Mm-hmm. And the video game that I'm going to talk about is one of, it might be my all favorite of all time. Would really? you like to take a guess? Apex? No, it's going back to Elden Ring. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right, I have it. played what some may describe as an adequate amount of this game. On my main save file, it's over a hundred hours. Um, but of course, we don't have any time to uh, record podcast episodes. It's so easy. No, I'm just kidding. Just, that's no, no, that's me. Too. I get you. It's so easy to load it up, and I've beaten the game twice. I'm almost done with a third playthrough, and if I finish it a third time, I'll have a hundred percent of the game. And just put that one out there. Um, but with that comes a lot of understanding of the different mechanics of the game, one of which is called Spirit Summons. And it's essentially a friendly fighter that you can bring along with you to a boss fight to give you a little assist. Now, in the community of Elden Ring, it is kind of a controversial topic because it's not something that was in other uh, games in the Soulsborne genre or uh, other FromSoft games along the same uh, vein as is it from Elden. soft or from software from software but we in the community uh, <laughs> call it from soft oh and then remind me of the acronym that i just recently discovered online about board games that made my blood boil the other day you got it okay. i don't know what the acronym is but i'll tell you what the acronym is but just remind me to tell that story later i'm super excited thank you anyway these spirit summons are kind of controversial because some people say if you oh if you bring a spirit summon into the game uh, you're cheesing it. It's not as hard. You're making the game easier. You're taking the easy way out. Easy mode. Easy mode. And essentially, in a game that people um, take pride in defeating a hard boss, that is, it's more about overcoming obstacles than it is about like one-shotting the boss or just viewing them as an obstacle. It's fun, at least from my perspective, to beat a boss of your own ability and... Like, when I played Bloodborne back in the day, it was very rewarding after several attempts memorizing move or attack patterns and finally beating somebody. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun, and that's why I stick with the uh, Souls games. Yeah. Now, I also have been using a lot of Spirit Summons, at least in my first and third playthrough, uh, just because it's a fun mechanic as well, yeah. adding these different uh, Spirit Summons into the game. And... The reason that I didn't do it in my second playthrough is that the first time I did it, it felt it did feel cheap to me. It felt like, ah, I'm not actually learning the mechanics. It's taking me out of the game mm-hmm. here. And that's why I didn't do it uh, on my second playthrough, except for the Radon and Melania fight. The Radon fight, because I think it's cool lore-wise, and the Melania fight, because I'm trash. But <laughs> okay. uh, I'm now using it again because it's a fun mechanic, but it brings me to my board game question. Here's where it all culminates. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually impressed because before when we were talking about Elden Ring, you went on a pretty deep dive into the stats yeah. of the. So I was like, "Wow, we're already back full circle on the board game." Tell us, yeah. go for it. We're already. That back. was pretty quick. I, no math in this one. It's more conceptual, but okay. The idea, and I talked to you about Spirit Summons back in the day mm-hmm. on my first playthrough, back in back in the first playthrough. You know how it be, but uh, the idea of cheap mechanics in games, and you asked me. How, or is it a mark of a good or a bad game if they have mechanics that make you feel cheated in a in a way? And I kind of wanted to expand that to board games and say, uh, play styles or mechanics that feel cheap. So mm. we can talk about 
I specifically wanted to talk about Colors of Paris oh, okay. and the black paint. Yes. I also just want to talk about kind of being respectfully a little mean in a game. To me? No, oh. in a game. Oh. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> just Don't ever disrespect me again. Just I'm coming for that ass, dude. <laughs> but when you're playing a game uh-huh. and you're going out of your way to be just, a dick to be a dick and just to make someone else's time playing a game oh i can go a little worse on and on about this so yeah i did want to talk about it and i thought i'd talk about Elden ring first because like i said over 100 hours on my main save file i've got several i made that's frank in the game that was pretty cool yeah that's really exciting actually. it's really a good time i'm i made a celebrity appearance in the game <laughs> okay so cheat now did you want to address like Okay, I'm going to start with mechanics. Okay. Actually, no, I'm going to go deep in that. I'm going to okay. go game design. Then I'm going to mm. maybe, if it's somewhat different, mechanics, and then like play styles and okay. like, you know, attitudes at the table. Okay, yeah. so one of the things that I've noticed playing a, a small handful, I, I haven't played a ton of games, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do feel inadequate talking about like the hobby at large. <laughs> the hobby at large, just because I'm like, oh, have I really played enough games? But I have played a handful of like older, you know, early 2000s Euro games, okay? Mm-hmm. One of those games is Keyflower. Now, you didn't play Keyflower. No, I played, I've seen you play it. I've played that with mom. This game is kind of like city building, nautical themed, but essentially you have these different colored meeples and you're bidding on these working tiles that come out every round, every season, and you can add those tiles to your own tableau if you win them, okay? And the game has a mechanic where you actually get scoring tiles that you will add to your tableau, your city, at the end of the game if you win the bid, okay? But you get them in the beginning. So you kind of get to decide what your strategy is. Like, ooh, I'm going to go for, I'm going to have a lot of different sets of tools, like different sets of tools. Or, oh, I'm going to go full on, I'm going to have sets of different colored meeples, right? You get to kind of pick your strategy, and then you get to play the game. And then in the last round, you get to hopefully win the bid for your scoring tiles that you got to see in the beginning. And that, to me, is a extremely poor game design. And here's why. It incentivizes nasty play. Mm -hmm. And it's not nasty in the sense that like, oh, we're competing or like we're directly hindering each other's progress. It's that it enables certain playing, play styles, whereby I am incentivized to tear down something different than from what I'm doing Mm -hmm. that you have built up. Mm -hmm. So you're going for strategy. I feel like I've talked about this on maybe on the podcast. I think we've referenced it, yeah. You are going for strategy A. I'm going for strategy B, but the game incentivizes me to tear down your strategy A, even though it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing. It's just a matter of, hey, hurting you 20 points is better than me gaining five. Mm -hmm. I think that's horrible, horrible game design. Now, it definitely leads into some of the other parts we're going to talk about in this topic, but that game design aspect, I think that is bad. I just think that's bad game design when it comes to, hey, you're trying to encourage competitive play, I'm not competing when we're really going for separate things. I'm just fucking you over. That doesn't feel good. It does mm-hmm. It does feel cheap, okay? Now, right. same thing, I guess, in, in line with that. When certain mechanics can allow for cheap play, 
like Colors of Paris. Right. So do you want to maybe touch on the Colors of Paris, how that works? Yeah, I think we did mention it, unless mm-hmm. it's in one of the two fabled lost episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's weird now. I, I feel like we covered so much, I don't even know what I, It was honestly, yeah. like, I know it's it's cruel to our listeners at this point to hear how good these episodes were. <laughs> they truly were awesome. It was like, our magnum opus, it and it is so now good. just... Uh, lost um, in the ether. Yeah, it's our own memories that we have. Yeah. Anyway, you guys should have been there, I swear. <laughs> Well, Colors of Paris, if we didn't mention it, or if it's in one of the lost episodes, Colors of Paris has two ways to win the game. You get a certain number of points through completing paintings, and you complete paintings by gathering these little cubes that look delicious, by the way. That's yeah. a uh, it's a painting-themed game. It's and a painting-themed game. The cubes represent the colors, like right. different like paint additions to right. your painting. But and they... you essentially put the paint on a little card in specific aspects or in specific patterns and it gives you points. Yes. Anyway, there's another type of paint end, in the game. And end game trigger as well. Yes, there's another end game trigger and that is getting a certain amount of black paint. Now black paint you can only get by mixing essentially all the paint together. So there's the primary colors that you mix to the secondary colors. You mix all the secondary colors together and you get one black paint. Mm-hmm. Black paint cannot go on to any paintings, I believe. Yeah, it can't go on to any paintings. I'm pretty sure. It's just like you collect them. They're worth yeah. five points each. And just from quick maths, when you first play this game, you realize, oh, shoot, five points per black paint cube is worth a lot more than completing actual paintings. Right. And it's honestly a lot easier to get than you might expect because mm-hmm. you're already going for these secondary colors mm-hmm. just to make the paintings in the first place. <laughs> You'd need a comparable amount of paint to make the actual paintings than if you were to just make the black paint. Yeah. And there was one game that I played with Frank, uh, our mom, and one other person. I forget who exactly it was. I think it was uh, Helen. It might have been Helen. So in that game, I essentially was just like, you know what? I'm going to get as much black paint as possible. And I did that. I went for as much black paint as possible, ended the game incredibly fast, was only really contested by Frank a little bit mm-hmm. at the end once he realized, like, oh, shit, Nick's going to, like, run away with this game. Yeah. And I did. I had a wide margin of points higher than anybody else, mm-hmm. and it just felt scummy. Mm-hmm. And maybe the point of black paint is that it's so strong, it forces everyone yeah. to engage in it. And maybe we also talked about this, but... It's like in Lowlands or Highlands. Lowlands. Lowlands. Bitch. Favorite game. (laughs) It's one barometric pressure (laughs) um, that you need to kind of engage in these other things. And I don't know how I feel about that. You Mm -hmm. can't just pick your way of playing the game and someone else picks theirs and you see how well you do it. It forces you to play some aspect. Otherwise, the game gets ran away with. I don't mind that because, again, that's... You know, if I, I don't like key flower because it's like, hey, you're supposed to tear each other's thing down, but they're both different, right? Yeah. In Colors of Paris, I think you're right. The black paint strat is too, it's too strong. It's OP. If you're the only one going for it, yeah, you're going to win the game. So the point of the game is to do everything that you kind of want to do while also competing over the black paint. I get why you're like, I don't know if I'm crazy about that. You'd rather mm-hmm. just like do pick a strategy and right. see it. Um, I agree with you. I wish that Colors of Paris specifically was a little bit more apparent that that is what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. with it. It's like, at first you're thinking, oh, I can do black paint or I can just make the actual paintings. It's like, no, you need to just compete for the black paint. Like that's a necessary competition in the game. I wish it was a little bit more 
obvious or like explicit about that because um, I personally would prefer if black paint was not an option in the yeah. game. May, and again, I'm not a game designer. Frank's not a game designer. But is that a cheesy strat when the intention is possibly, oh, this is supposed to be like a central thing that you're competing for. If one person is the only one going for it uncontested, yeah, of course it's going to be a cheesy strat. Well, isn't the end game trigger that there's a certain amount of black paint removed I think from the central market? If I remember, there's like five or six black paint cubes. And as soon as one person... I th- Maybe there's six, and if as soon as one person gets five, or maybe it's like as soon as they take all of them, then that's the end of the game. As soon because if if everyone's competing for, and we, we'll have to double check on this rule. Yeah. But if the rule is that once a certain amount of black paint is distributed among any players, then that's the game. It's not the central uh, paintings. It's how fast can we get the black paint? But that's what makes Lowlands, which has a similar mechanic where mm-hmm. you have to contribute to the dam, the dike in the game, right? Right. That's what makes that game so fun. Is that you want to do your own thing, but you cannot let one person contribute to the dike uncontested because they're going to run away with it. So it's like you have to walk that fine line of, okay, I need to do what everyone's doing while trying to balance what I want to do. That to me is so juicy. I get what you mean where it's like right. it could be so cheesy if mm-hmm. someone goes into the game thinking, oh, you're doing the black paint and I'm not. Then it's like, right. yeah, it seems like one of them is just un- imbalanced. Right. I think you sometimes have to take the intention of like the the designer into play. Now, I will say I think Lowlands handles it a little bit better because it's not like building up the dam is uh one of it's not a win condition. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to trigger the end of the game. Black paint sure. feels like a fishing mini game, but oh, it's going to end the game if you don't handle it correctly. Some- Cuz on oh, on the chance that if a certain person gets a certain amount of black paint and that's the end game trigger, then it's kind of just like, well, let's all play the preamble to the actual game where we all just get a certain amount of black paint. Now we can get into the actual thing. It feels like an extra mechanic tacked on. And I don't want this to be a hit piece of Colors of Paris. It's honestly one of my favorite games. It's it really might fun. be top 10. So. I really wish I could tell you. <laughs> we, well, that's also the fabled uh, top 10 list. Nick yes. did 30 through 11. And then 10 to 1, we lost. So. Yeah, I can't find the list. Um, it, it must be with the other two. The Fabled Lost episodes, the Fabled yeah. Lost top 10. We'll, I'll come up with the top 10. We're going to have to go through. We need to finish it. Because at this yeah. point, I mean, I would like to do another top 30 or so at the end of this year again. That would actually be really good. But it doesn't make sense to do that. Unless we just say, fuck your 2021 top 10 and we just we just do another top set of list. Uh. I didn't even get to talk Leave about my comment. top 10. I didn't get to talk about my top yeah, 10. So we might as well just wait because I've actually had some upsets this year. Really? In my top 10s. Okay. Maybe Could we, we just wait. hypothetically talk about... We'll think about that. For the folks at home... Maybe we just save it. We might, we might save it. Because otherwise we're going to talk about it late August and then we just... We, if three months later we're doing it again and it's the same thing so. well for the folks at home leave a comment down below <laughs> wherever you can smash that notification bell to let us know that you really want to see that top 10 or if you'd rather just ha- us get an accurate top 10 list at the end of this year mm-hmm. or maybe even a little bit sooner we'll get that to you sure. ASAP no Rocky as some people say as I say how many people you think are going to get that joke people who listen to ASAP Rocky okay well, that's fine I think he's fairly popular. That's true. Anyway, so that's my take. This isn't a hit piece on Colors of Paris, but there it seems like the black paint, if the black paint was not in the game, I'd be completely fine with it, at least from how I remember the game. I still think it was perfectly balanced after that. I don't think it needs that black paint to maintain a level of balance mm-hmm. or depth. The depth is getting the paintings and... Uh, 
make it or getting the paint and making the paintings. Now we didn't play with the special power ups in Colors of Paris. Yeah, it'd be fun. Maybe that would impact it, but honestly, I doubt it. I don't think so. It just feels like one of those scummy mechanics. And it feels like, to me, if I were to win by that, it feels like using a Spirit Ash. I used Spirit Ashes on um, Margit. I, I keep forgetting Margit. if it's Morgot or Margit from Elden Ring. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, we're going back to Elden but Ring, now, folks. Here's, oh, continue. So here's the thing. I used it, and I was like, well, I it didn't feel as rewarding. And when I played Colors of Paris and I won that way, it was like, it feels like I avoided the actual game and just won to say I won. Mm-hmm. And that's what Spirit Ashes feel like to me personally. Now, if you do use Spirit Ashes to the folks at home, don't feel bad. Play the way that you want to play. That's just how I feel personally. I am more on the on the side of if there is a mechanic in the game that has been designed intentionally mm-hmm. and someone uses it, it's fair game, right? So summons, if it is, quote, easy mode, right, I don't give right. a fuck. That's a thing that's in the game. So this okay. I, this notion, whether it comes from the community or whether it comes from the devs or something along the lines of like, you know, oh, this is, this is eh, it's kind of cheap or it's kind of cheesy and stuff like that. I don't like that. I think it's in the game. It's allowed. Now, what you can say, in my opinion, is if following said ch- cheesy strat mm-hmm. makes the game poor mm. then you can comment on that so in colors sure. of paris for example you could i i would be the one to say you know hey black black paint cubes that's legit it's in the game it's an intended you know mechanic it go for it right if following that makes it kind of a bad game that's mm-hmm. okay but you can't say like oh this is an amazing game but ah uh, you know what if you use that strat you're just a piece of shit no dude that's part of the game now here's something that i would like to expand this to a little bit mm. i recently re-downloaded for honor which okay. is a game that took an incredible toll on my mental health back in the day it mm. is it, it honestly made me so angry playing that um I was there. It's honestly questionable whether or not I should have re-downloaded it. But anyway. I'm nervous now. (laughs) (laughs) But when I did play this game, there was a certain aspect of, well, I could just... I played this character called the Raider, and essentially they could chain a heavy ability into a light ability that stuns you. Okay. So just conceptualize slow-moving attack into fast-moving attack that stuns you and makes it harder to see the next attack. You could just keep doing that until it kills somebody. And honestly, I did that a few times, but it felt scummy. That is And I did not feel like I was a good player. I felt like I want to show that I am actually learning the game's mechanics and getting better at this game Mm -hmm. in order to actually defeat my opponents instead of using mechanics that I personally think the devs either intentionally or unintentionally made too strong. But that's the thing is, it's kind of like there's other aspects... Like in that game, right? You're just chaining, what is that, heavy with a light? Heavy with a light. Heavy with a light, right? Heavy with a light. If someone were to join the game and just do that, right, I would definitely be frustrated playing against it. I'd be like, oh, this is such bullshit. Right. They're just using the thing. But then at the same time, it's like, hey, they're not doing something wrong. It's an allowable thing. Right. It's just a bad game. No, and I don't think it's a bad game. I'm are just, you disrespecting no, For Honor out here? I actually really wish I got into that game. And I know you tried to get me into it. It just wasn't my thing. Right. But like the the... The whole concept is like very cool. Like it's a very right, cool, right. like you know, this dueling type game. Super fun. Um, I actually re-downloaded it because they added a pirate character, oh, but I found cool. out you got to pay eight dollars to uh, play as a pirate. Eight dollars and microtransactions. So Ubisoft, yeah. please. 
Uh, so I uninstalled it, actually, and I re-downloaded Rainbow Six, which took an incredible toll on my mental health, <laughs> and it made me super mad. You, the Rainbow Six made me angry. Ubisoft games, it's it's another level. I don't know. So I'm of the opinion that if a player is doing something cheesy, it's because the devs allowed a cheesy thing to exist. Right. If that makes the game bad, that makes the game bad. The the strat itself, because at the same time, it's like, how can I blame someone in a competitive game for using a powerful strategy like why is that not an allowable thing i and i get that and it kind of comes down to now i don't hold this belief but i will say that this is kind of what i've seen it come down to Mm -hmm. it's like can you really say that you're a better player at that point if the point of a board game is to show that i had a winning strategy Mm -hmm. can you really say that if there is something like black paint in colors of paris where it's just like no that's a fault on the devs so not saying you can't use it but can you really say that you're a better player mm. in that sense because the strategy is too because if the strategy is just so strong and but it kind of does but it's come... a legal strategy that's where i'm like no i get that mm-hmm. but it comes back to the point that it's like yeah you won but at what cost essentially no, I don't think that really applies okay. here. To Colors of Paris or to anything? To Colors of Paris. Okay. Could it apply to anything? Yeah. Okay. I But I don't know. I imagine at what cost, meaning like, oh, you quote won, but you gave up so much. What is the win even uh, that's worth? That's a fair point. It's I like don't... that quote from Avengers. What quote? Uh, what did it cost you? Everything. <laughs> I didn't even see that. I just I saw, saw the memes. My roommates made me watch it. it honestly you watched was... the whole movie? The first one, not the second one. Clown. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. It honestly wasn't as bad as I thought. Oh, it it's real cinema? Oh, it's real cinema? I don't yeah, know. dude. I'm one of those. I'm definitely one of those. Fuck the Marvel franchise mm-hmm. for being so produced. Right. It's so produced. Shout out Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, <sighs> shout out. He's right behind me, isn't he? Yeah, I saw something. Apparently, it was all like that. Um, that one's gonna hurt tomorrow. Like, I dude, haven't seen I it, but can't deal. With I don't the know dialogue. if I want to watch that one. There was a time, maybe, when the early, early movies in the MCU, first Iron Man, oh, that movie was badass, bro. Uh, would you argue that that was real cinema? Though we're really getting off topic, but I do want to get your thoughts. I on don't that. think I, I, I'm. I'm gonna say something that's probably controversial. I think those type of action-packed superhero movies are not real cinema. And that's me coming from such an elitist point of view, right? Now, you want to talk about something like the Batman? Okay. You want to talk something about like the Joker, where it's like, okay, it has that theme of superheroes, and that mm-hmm. is a central mm-hmm. focus, but it's like, they're not just... That's not the extent of what they're showing. They're not just showing these fight scenes where it's like, right. ooh, good guys. Like, I wonder if they're going to win. Yeah, no shit, they're going to win. It's the fucking Avengers. I get you. Like, that type of shit. Now, I get you with the Batman, the one with Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Shout out Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to ask, though, what are your thoughts on The Dark Knight Rises? Because some people yeah, will say that that's one, one, of, it's one of the best films. I think it's on IMDb Top it's 100. It's like super high. Yeah, it might, I think it's like Top 20. Heath Ledger as the Joker, iconic. Here's the thing. I maybe, and this is all preference. Literally everything I'm saying right now, including right. Like most of this podcast, it's okay. all preference. I come at you with like hard, cold facts. Like I think it means something. Okay. It's all preference. I know that. I'm just bullshitting. Okay. That's fair. That's I'm fair. bullshitting. But to the folks at home, if you have an issue with Frank's preferences, please let us just know down take in the it comments. Up. Yeah. I, this is not fact. This is not gospel. But here's what I'm going to say. I think that I prefer movies that are trying to evoke an emotion mm-hmm. and a, a, typically an unpleasant emotion. So when a movie is fun and it's action-packed and it's exciting, that can be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't qualify as a movie, but it's like I don't view that as what the art should be. It sh- it's supposed to be cathartic. It's, it is not. When I watch the Avengers kick ass for 90 mm-hmm. minutes in a bunch of CGI-filled scenes, 
cool, exciting. That doesn't do anything for me. So I would rather feel upset or uncomfortable or crying at the end of a movie because it's like, hey, it did something that I think art is supposed to do. That's what I think. Language. What? It's a, oh, oh, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of cathartic, though, oh I God. think that that sums up how I feel or how I think I should feel after I play a board game or a video game. I sure. should feel a sense of catharsis knowing that I accomplished something, essentially. Yeah, okay. So when I'm playing Elden Ring mm-hmm. and I beat Margit mm-hmm. with a spirit summon. I think it's Margot. It has to be Margot. No, he says Margit. I, I can quaff Why do they do the that? entire... No, you got Morgot, you got Margit. Okay, don't do the whole dude, thing. I want to do it. You got... Do it. No, 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 no. Merica, Melania, Melina, uh, Mikola. Melatonin had us Melatonin. <laughs> anyway, I want that sense of catharsis. So when I'm playing Elden Ring, for mm-hmm. example, and I use a spirit summon, I don't feel that sense of catharsis. Because at that point, it's just, oh, I'm beating a boss through stats. Sure. And sometimes that's cool, but if I'm trying to get a level of... No, I'm. You did something. I'm struggling. I did something. Yes. I overcame. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm looking for. In Colors of Paris, I'm not using any top tier strategy. It's ooh, how fast can you get this uh, black paint? And I do want to expand this a little bit more to as a player. If I essentially, I'm trying to think of a word. I'm trying to think of the right word here. I'm thinking of a word, but what what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say if you're being rude, essentially. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know. I feel like we haven't recorded in a little bit. So I'm like, how much did we turn up the profanity? I know that, we've already, it's point, already yeah. exists in this episode. I'm just like, how hard do we go dude, no, in we, the paint? We honestly, so we have gotten some feedback that we could tone it down a little bit. And but that's why they're not on this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Ain't that <laughs> I get you. I'm just joking. I, I think we, we could stand to not force profanity. I think it started just real quick as a like a departure from the rest of the board game content where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, this very family friendly and Too very, family friendly. Yeah. And it's like, that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like, I can't imagine there aren't other people out there that, that don't curse at the table and, and shit like that. Like that's it, kind of what this is. It's like the MCU folks. It really all does come full wow. circle. It's just like the Elden ring dice tower equals MCU. That's what that is. That is a hot take dice tower. Please don't come for us. Um, but <laughs> If you're being rude to somebody in a game and yeah. using intentional gotcha mechanics, yeah, I also don't feel like, well, did I beat you or mm. did you just lose? Sure. Because I do think there is a distinction. Yeah. And to some people, I've never played Catan, which maybe if you're a fan of this podcast is a shock for you to hear. I've never played it. It doesn't look like something I really want to play. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of those like got em mechanics and it's kind of like... I I don't want to win through that method. Now, sometimes it's unavoidable because we were playing Galilean Moons the other day. And Frank's like, I have to take a move and the move that is most beneficial to me does disadvantage Nick. And it's just kind of how it be. I, I don't hold that against you. Sure. I still think about it to this day, though. <laughs> never forget. Yeah, I'll never forget. Yeah. But to a certain extent, I do think that it's something that is recognizable when you are playing as something that takes away from the overall sense of catharsis at the end of that experience. So if someone is using these gotcha mechanics, it really does take away, at least from, if I were to use these gotcha Mm -hmm. mechanics, I would not feel like I won the game at that point. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I think that might be mostly you. No, that's fair. Go ahead, continue. So I'm just thinking that 
if it is me, I like to win knowing that I had a winning strategy, not that I learned how to uh, make someone else lose, which is kind of, I, I know maybe that is just a me thing because I've definitely done something to frustrate other people through making them lose. Sure. But I remember a distinct, folks, if you're in for a story time, I got one coming at yeah, you right yeah, here. Go. I was playing uh, Unstable Unicorns with my roommates back freshman year. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting thing that happened, but we didn't, I don't think we knew the rules specifically. Essentially, they had it set up so that I could not win the game, play any cards, or draw any card. I forget exactly how they did it, and we didn't have the rules down to a T. So it was kind of like, uh, I forget exactly how to do it, but it was very frustrating that I was like, oh, I'm coming up with these strategies yeah. so that I'll get rid of these downgrade cards. And they're like, nay, but I can't nay someone yeah. back. So it's like, oh, good times. I I don't know exactly how it happened, but it stuck with me that vibe of, I can't play the game anymore. This just turned from a three-player game to a two-player game. And it's kind of like... Oh, someone's catching this fade, dude, if, if that happens to me. No, okay. For the folks at home who are listening, and I know you are, um, if you remember this story, text me. Let me know what the actual combo was, because I would like to remember exactly what it was. Okay. It's one of my top 10 stories of all time. So, I do think we're in the minority, okay? I think that there's actually probably... This is just my guess. This is just speculation. I think there's a lot of people that want that Catan. They want the unicorns where it's like, ha got him. And then the whole table erupts in laughter. Yeah. And it's like, ha, got you. Ha. Like, I think yeah. that's a thing. I believe that maybe there's a smaller group of gamers that mm-hmm. want to have that more methodical where it's like, hey, I don't want to screw you over like i yeah. do want to feel like i won and if it, that means i develop my own strategy and we're kind of doing our own thing then fine or if it means that okay. we're directly interacting it means that we're going for the same you know goal like there's this singular mm-hmm. accomplishment or this this central thing that we're aiming at and we're trying to stop each right, other right. this this notion of like and even in that like even in Catan, like everyone's going for the same thing but it's right. like i don't think everyone is like no no no. i want to just kind of not you know interact and like not get in your way i think okay. people are like like munchkin where they're just like knocking you down or in unicorns like they're just knocking you down like okay. they just want to screw with you and i think that screwage is fun for a right. lot of people that's right now gonna... maybe for the lot of people that i'm talking about yeah thank you no, just fine. <laughs> maybe for the lot of people and this might be controversial take it may be the people that get their board games all from target and there's nothing wrong with the games at Target. It just means that that's disres- That's one of the most disrespectful things it I is disrespectful. you've said on this podcast. I'm just saying it could be de- like demographics-wise, maybe people that gravitate towards the games that are available at Target are maybe going to be those more like lighthearted family laughter type groups that just want to like, ha ha, got them. Like they're not going to be wanting to keep their heads down for three hours and like right. really squeeze out a win. You know what I mean? Yeah, and maybe I'm not saying that I've never put a downgrade card on sure, anybody sure. in uh, Unstable Unicorns, but I don't. I wouldn't disadvantage myself just to use a gotcha mechanic on somebody else because I think it's funny. But I think a lot of people would. They they want those. They would yes, choose yes because I would think it's mo- when you did that thing in. Uh, Galilean Moons. Galilean Moons. It made sense. Great game, by the way. That's um, an amazing It's an amazing game. game. Love the dude. theme. Love the technology. Love the robots. Shout out New Zealand. Yeah, I got this game. It's a... Sorry, real quick. Just a quick shout out. It's this uh, New Zealand designer. Um, I found about it. I found out about the game from this YouTube channel that I watch. It's this area control game. It 
instantly shot up on my rankings. And mm-hmm. I won't tell you what the number is because we'll have to get to that later on this year. But right. it's an amazing game and it surpassed a lot of other games that I actually really, really like. I would liken it to a more accessible version of Dune. And I've said yeah. that to you personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to share that with our listeners. Yeah, that one's really fun. It It's like the best aspects of Dune in a more, not bite-sized, but it's a lot easier to actually get into I don't have to do two days of explaining the rules to somebody. And as we all know, Dune is a great game that I may or may not have on my top 10. Again, there's really no way. You don't even know if you have it on your top 10. I'm pretty sure. If we're doing it, I'm pretty sure it is on the top 10. You know it's on the top 10. I know it's on the top 10. Okay, so anyway. Anyway, so that's my thing. If it's an optimal decision Mm -hmm. to disadvantage somebody, like an unstable unicorn, I'm not going to avoid putting Pandemonium or Tiny Stable on someone who's about to win. Exactly. I'm not going to because the goal of the game is to win we play to win the game Mm -hmm. and in order to do that sometimes if the mechanics allow you gotta step on some people's toes sure but i am it doesn't feel good to me knowing that i win by going out of my way to stop you from doing something because that takes away the fun from everybody now to kind of bring it back to your original question of you know cheeky game design spirit mechanics and stuff if there is a strat and unstable unicorns and i'm hard pressed to think of a game at this moment like off the top of my head where this exists but if there's a mechanic where the strategy is to tear down other people right mm-hmm. maybe your strategy right. is oh i'm gonna go for a growth build or whatever i'm making shit up right now but you know I like a you. growth build or i'm gonna go for like a defense or like an engine build, and then one was like oh i'm just gonna steal shit i'm just imagining <laughs> a game right it's like if there is a mechanic that's cheeky, I would rather say the game is poorly designed rather than say it's a great game, but you chose a, a what was the word like um like a like the summons? What did you call those in the spirit ashes? Yeah, spirit ashes. The summons. Spirit ashens. Ashens. Ashen one. Okay. So that's a reference to Dark Souls, not Elden Ring. You know, I'd rather you just... You know, we FromSoft fans, we, we make these kinds of jokes. Oh <laughs> I'd rather just say the game is ba- bad or I don't enjoy it versus saying, oh, the game is good, but you chose a shitty strategy because it's like cheeky. And maybe this is just my mentality, which it goes back to the For Honor days. I wouldn't do these things. I would not taunt spam somebody yeah. unless they did it first and i do it after i already beat them so they have no recourse to do it back to me i would only do it then <laughs> that's, that's specific yes uh i still think about that to this day i wouldn't do these things because i personally feel like it's cheap i wouldn't stoop down to a level of uh something that make that bothers me and when someone else does it and this i'm not extending this to board games i'm going to purely keep this okay. to for honor at least for the example that i'm going to give the statement i'm going to make can you say you're a better player than somebody if you use something that is definitely stronger than somebody else? And you can always go back to, well, if it's stronger, why don't you do it? That's the same argument sure. that PC users in Apex use for um, aim assist. Yeah, It's like, well, if it's actually that strong, why not just use a controller? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into that here, but I will say that it's kind of like, well, can you really say at any point if you're a better player? All you can say is that I just lost, and it kind of feels it feels rough because I feel like I didn't lose due to my own lack of ability. I lost due to the game itself. And I am hesitant to say that the game is bad. I'm more just like, I know that these options are available, but to use it in such a way that... I, I'm And again, I'm keeping this to For Honor because I'm not trying to extend it to board games without yeah. knowing the things because everyone could just point out like, oh, but here's this. What I'm saying is that Essentially, 
if you're just spamming a light attack yeah. and I can't like actually react to it because it's so fast to the point that no human could do that, you need an actual computer to map out when you're going to attack, can you really say you're a better player? I'm going to have to answer yes. Now, colloquially... Hot take, hot take. Colloquially, I agree with you. It's kind of like, oh, if you're on the receiving end of just some shit spamming abilities, you're like, okay, this is so cheap. Like, no, you suck. No, I get it. This is bullshit, right? I get why I would definitely be the one to say that. However, if I'm really thinking about it, I think saying that you're a stronger player can only be said when you say, oh, we started with equal footing and I didn't cheat. So to me, it's like, okay, in a game where maybe you have a sword and I have a sword and one of them has actually better stats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's different. Okay. That's where it's like, that was that aspect of For Honor where it's like you level up and you get like these, you know, micro yeah, gear increases. scores. The gear scores. But in duels, you don't have sure, it. Sure, I For agree. the folks at home. Thank you. So, for you know, Ubisoft if listening. you had actually different stats, then if you win and you had better stats, it's like, okay, you're not better because you had actual like mathematical advantages, okay? Mm-hmm. If we're playing a game, and I am going to talk about like board games now, if we're all starting on equal footing, which I think most games you are, unless there's some asymmetric, you know, capabilities, I'm imagining shout that out betrayal. Shout out betrayal. I would think, yeah, like you, you are better. If there is a strategy that exists that is cheeky, you have to now decide: is it in fact a cheap strategy? Mm-hmm. Because if you say no, it's not really cheap, but you're not better than me if you use it, then it's like no, they are better. They use something that's a bit available, and mm-hmm. it's good to go. Now, I would like to bring this up for other games because I think it's hard to say in board games if it's outside the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. Because in video games, it's like if the input's not there to fly, you can't fly. Okay. But in Hanabi is what I wanted to bring up. Do we know how to actually fucking pronounce that game? Hanabi? 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 It's like Ubisoft. No fuck. There's only one way to pronounce Ubisoft. Ubisoft. I've heard it Ubisoft. No fucking way. How about Ubisoft? <laughs> Why did that remind me of toilet paper? Ubisoft. Like Ubisoft. Huggies. Huggies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, in Hanabi, okay. which is what I'm going to call We'll go with that. Yeah. Look it up phonetically. You'll know what I'm talking about. Um, Hanabi is a game that requires you to not talk about certain aspects of the game trash game by the way disrespect a little bit a little bit but what i'm saying is that when we were playing it kind of got to the point that we were making like facial expressions yeah like inadvertently yeah is the word i'm looking for that it just kind of broke the game devolved into so when we finished it we were like well i didn't feel like i won the game i don't feel like i learned the mechanics i don't feel like a better player because we kind of worked around it a little bit. You cheated. I think that's cheating. I, is that... Um, it's kind of hard to say in board games because, like I said, in video games, if the input's not there, you physically can't do it. In board games, you can physically do something, but because there's these rules that we mm-hmm. set up, it's outside of the realm of what's acceptable, but that's it's fair. still physically possible that's to do. That's a good do. point. Another example is I played that game, The Mind. Yeah, The I Mind. I was just going to bring that one up. You got to put cards in a certain order and... I don't even know if when I played this, the people that I were playing with, I don't know if we played it correctly because we were making gestures and it was like, it essentially became charades. And it's like, oh, number here, 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 top is the max, bottom is zero, middle's 50 or whatever it is. I find that those games are poorly designed because by one simple act, you can break the entire game. So same thing with Hanabi or or The Mind. Mm. Speaking ruins the entire game. 
Now, maybe you could say like, oh, stealing extra money from the Monopoly bank ruins the game. It's like, I view that as so far outside of the rules and so far beyond the intention of the game that it's like, that's different. But maybe that's a shit argument. I think it's like, we're all supposed to hold, in Hanabi, you're all supposed to hold your cards outward. And then like when you go to play something down, not make any sort of reaction. And it's like, the yeah. goal is we are working together, but we can't talk. Why and is it's that like the same thing. thing in the mind? It's like, yeah. were we not supposed to make gestures? Because yeah. at that point, it's just like... Guessing. Yeah. It's just and go ahead, put it down, and hope we get it right. Like, the game like, is just yeah. bad. And the... Uh, I mean, and that's why I'm hesitant to say that the game itself is bad. Because I don't even know if we played it right. Like, to this day, I don't know if we played Hanabi, Hanabi, uh, or the mind correct. Correct, Lee. Uh, whom, as it were. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, if, I don't even know if it was the right way to play the game because is it supposed to just be who's the best mind readers maybe you'll win the game maybe you won't and are you allowed to use charades because in hanabai it's like you're not allowed to talk but if you make facial expressions is that okay to me that's a cheap tactic even if you are allowed to use it and i think it goes back to my idea relating this back to um elden ring which again use spirit summons i've done it for two of my three playthroughs um it's a great time. They're honestly super fun, especially when you unlock more of them. Yeah. I digress. I digress. But what I'm saying is that I don't feel like I accomplished anything in Hanabi. Mm-hmm. It's like when I use a spirit summon in Eldering, I just did what I needed to to complete a thing. And at that point, why even engage in that act in the first place if you are just going to do it in such a way that it's more of an obstacle instead of a challenge? Say that again. That's what I'm saying. Someone put that on a t-shirt. If you treat these games as an obstacle rather than a challenge, it feels less cathartic. Okay. Okay. I like that actually. Like you're just like, oh, overcoming it to just be done with it versus like actually trying to accomplish the thing. Right. Because then like we could, if Hanabi is so easily broken that saying the numbers you would do it or you would complete it instantly then what's the difference between saying it and making facial expressions is your desire for a challenge your desire to actually sure. enjoy and engage in part of the sure. game if you take that out it's just a way to physically spend time with no constraints to anything really but then why can't you just say that if a game developer allows a game to be an obstacle it's bad because it's like you have the the fuck what is it, the ashens what is it the spirit ashens spirit, a- spirit if, ashes I thought it's ashens no ashen one is from Dude, dark I'm souls lose my fucking shit I said ashes earlier and you're Listen, like ashens and all, then my, all my FromSoft fellows oh out my there God. make sure to follow us on Instagram Twitter I don't know what else we have I don't even, I have not posted Frank did give me access it's on me at this point that's okay for why I haven't been post anything on we do this for us and it's fun and we hope everyone else enjoys yes it. i really that's do what hope it is people enjoy this i hope people uh we've been getting some european listeners yeah which is really cool Mazel that's your mazel uh is really cool but i i'm not sure how much you relate to things like act mcat uh, yeah there's some probably american expressions right and, and activities that maybe don't translate but board games they definitely get because right. it's the same hobby Brings, that's a good point i think a together. lot of the games that you enjoy are specifically either made from someone from europe or about a place in europe yeah that's a good point colors of paris as we all know paris is actually in europe for those of you that didn't yeah, know i did not know that actually <laughs> just kidding 
Um, I thought Argentina was in the Midwest for the longest time. Oh, yeah. You did tell me that the other day. Yeah, it feels like it's a place in Ohio. Doesn't feel like it at all, but thank you. I've been told. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So I think this was an interesting topic, actually. I actually really liked this. I'm glad you liked it. I think this is probably a good place to call it. Call it. I still have to talk about something. You do? What do I have to talk about? I asked you to remind me. Oh, it was the acronym. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to start the rant? Go on the rant about the acronym. And we might need to, We, you and I need to probably have a little chat and like figure out if we want to replace the uh, oh, legit I, or jerk I do want segment. to do another shout out. Oh, you that that okay. would be my replacement. I guess we'll do shout outs. You know, we're going to try to increase the positivity, but not now. So right. here's the fucking acronym that I heard, okay? Now, I will admit that I only recently saw this uh, I, I only recently discovered this acronym, and I saw it in the context of board games. However, I have since, ironically, or I, not ironically, coincidentally, I have seen this acronym used in other places outside of board games. So I know that it exists. I don't know how long this has been a an online acronym or whatever. And maybe it only bothers me when talking about board games, but I'm going to say it probably just annoys me in general, because a lot of things probably just annoy me in general. I'm excited. Okay. So the acronym is YMMV. Okay. Now I'm going to say it in a sentence. Okay. I'm going to say it in a sentence, and then I'm going to see if you can figure it out, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to talk about how it's so fucking annoying. Okay. Your so mom might vo- vocalize. <laughs> That was pretty fucking Thank funny. Thank you. I'm, okay. I feel like I'm close. So here's, I'm going to be, I'll post, this is me posting a thread on Board Game Geek, okay? Okay. Oh, I'm interested in buying the latest uh, 2022 Uwe Rosenberg game, uh, but I'm concerned about replayability. Has anyone had a chance to play it? And what does the replayability looks like? Okay. Now maybe someone else answers and oh. they say, oh, I played about 30 times from the base game and now I am really excited for an expansion. So I think you can probably get about 30 plays. YMMV though. You're my main vocation. <laughs> your, I feel like it's your. It is your. Mm, You're not going to get the second You phone. might miss vacation. You're you're talking about vacay a lot. Okay. What other words start with V? V. Here's what it is. You want to know what it is? Vogue. Your mileage may vary. That's definitely whatever noise you're about to make. I agree with. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) What the flying fuck, dude? Your mileage may vary. Objects in mirror are closer than they appear. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like what the fuck? So here's. I think the bigger problem for our European listeners, a mile is a unit of measurement. Oh fuck! I didn't even think about that's that. That's a joke. I'm sure people know what a mile. No, is. No, I understand that they know, but yeah. it's weird that that's like a for us I'm, it's a term. Tor- I hear European cars do have a mileage meter, though. I mean, ours have kilometers. They do. Yeah, on the little are speedometer. those what those numbers are? The K. Yeah, that's what the K is. I always just look at the number on the outside. I mean, yeah, clearly, but I mean, yeah. There's the other numbers for the, with the K2. That's cool. Okay, whatever. All right. So your mileage may vary. That's so annoying. And I don't know why. This is, again, a, a an unjustified, unsubstantiated rant. But just shit like that in the hobby bothers me so much. And I think it's because it's like so... Um, it's so quirky. The quirkier the person on online, the more annoyed I am. You know, where it's just like, or or the whole the um, the oh, what's the other word? The 
like oh and i hate this phrase too but like the holier than thou like this shit actually <laughs> like there's people online that someone will be i'll always remember this bro and you can probably look up and find my my comment because i went in i fucking went in on everyone in the comments okay. someone had posted online and the question was basically it was like what's a worker placement game that doesn't feel like a worker placement game okay that was like the title or something on those lines. Right. And the Literally whole th- anything that's not a worker placement. The whole thing was basically like, oh, I played this game and had worker placement and I really didn't like it, but I really want to try the mechanic. I think I really like the mechanic. What's a worker placement game that doesn't feel like it? No, that is a head-ass question to I ask. I think the way they phrased it, sure. maybe because if you like the mechanic of worker placement, yeah. why do you not want it to feel like a worker placement? If you don't like it to feel like a worker placement, why are you looking for one in the first exactly. place? Exactly. They were like, oh, I played a game that had worker placement. I didn't like it, but I want to feel it. Like, it's like, so maybe you, want, you just don't yeah. like that mechanic. That's right? what I'm saying. So that's what, so people were coming from in the comments. Now, this is my whole fucking position on that. Okay. 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 If okay. you don't have an answer to the question, don't fucking post anything. Okay. This this idea and everyone on Board Game Geek does this. They like derail the conversation and they make all these ancillary points to seem so fucking elitist and and, and smart. Ancillary, right? I like that word. And they're like, huh, it seems like you may just not like the thing, right? Here's what I, what should have been under that post: recommendations mm-hmm. or nothing. Those are the only two things. If you don't have one of those, what is this contribution that you're making where you're not answering the question and you just have this fucking conceited ass point to make? So I see YMMV in certain aspects. Now it's not malicious and it's not in the same vein, but it's the same idea where it's like you're answering the question and I'd rather you just be direct. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's the replayability? I think it's pretty good. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. all. That's it. I know that it's coming from your opinion. You saying, oh, I think it's pretty good. YMMV, though, your mileage may vary. Now, fuck off. I will add, and I know we, I'm cognizant of the time. Sure. I still want to get to that shout out. Yeah, go. But um, I'm done, actually. You can just I, no, I do want to get to one other thing mm-hmm. like that. If someone asks a question in the comment section of a video mm-hmm. and someone's like, Google it. Oh, oh, fuck now, you, Yeah, dude. now that's fuck one of the most you, disrespectful dude. things. I hate that shit. I'd rather at that point you just don't reply. That's Why my tell whole me thing. to Google it? Because then it's like, especially when I have to click to expand the replies, oh, and it's like, God. oh, nice, three comments. Google it. Why don't you Google it? You should Google that. Google's a thing. I hate that oh, one, Oh, my too. gosh. That's just disrespectful because it's like, obviously, I can Google it, but I'm here, and obviously, somebody knows because that's the joke of the whole video. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, that's my thing. But at the same time, I hear people on, I love TikTok videos of Reddit, Am I the Assholes? Yeah. And... It's it's one of my favorite things. Subway surfers are one of the better videos to have in the background, but Minecraft parkour is definitely the best. Okay. Anyway, I digress. My point with all that is that sometimes people say, like, um, people on Reddit don't answer the question. Yeah. Because the question is something that's very niche and very specific, and someone kind of expands it in their answer. I don't care if they expand it in their answer. I personally like to hear interesting stories about people okay. on, like, a reddit ask i i don't have any specific examples but i've heard a lot of people say it when someone expands the question a little bit so it's kind of like uh lawyers of reddit okay and then they ask a question it's like not me but my buddy and it's like i'm not a lawyer but i know of a lawyer and something did happen to him or i'm not a lawyer but i know someone who was in a lawsuit 
So they're not a lawyer, but they went through the legal process. I'm fine with that because I'm more interested in a story, sure. not the nicheness of, oh, no, if you don't have a law degree, you need to send me your bar exam score to make sure that you actually are a lawyer so that you're qualified to answer this question. Just no, tell me a fun story. No, I'm fine with that. Here's what I'm not okay with. It's okay. like when they when you give them an inch and they want to take them out where it's like, okay, lawyers have read it. And someone just says, how many hours of work do you work a week? And someone was like, if they were like, I lost count or too many, or they're trying to have some fucking bullshit cheeky answer where you're trying to be cute. Yeah. Or if they're like 40 and if any firm says that you need to work more then you need to blah, 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 just shut up, dude. Just answer the fucking question. And if you don't have an answer to it, like an actual answer, mm. then don't say anything. So the whole fucking worker placement, right? Oh, sounds like you just don't like that. Nope. That's not the question. That's not that fucking question. Do you have a recommendation? No, you don't. Then keep fucking scrolling my guy kind That's of it. A, kind of a hot take i, I feel like take. we don't have enough time to fully unpack that i'll be next episode that no, might just... be next episode all right let's hear the shout out though. all right i want to hear what here's this is. a shout out um so and again we're not sponsored but shout out to apex legends for their new season coming up season 14 i have no idea uh, maybe count. it's 19 what? I no, it's not nine. It has to be I don't fourteen. Know. It's fourteen. Maybe it's season fourteen. Uh, we love Apex. I haven't played in a long time, but the main reason I want to shout them out is so that hopefully, if anyone who works for EA can <laughs> unban my account, yeah. it got banned for literally no reason. I was told that I violated the uh, terms of service. Terms of service. It sounds like someone was trying to hack into your thing and they logged in too many times. Some shit like that. Maybe, but it's like they gave me this ban when I wasn't even. Actively I, yeah, like we haven't played. I haven't for played for several months, and I got a ban. So shout out to Apex. New season coming out. Looks really fun. You get to play Vantage, um, Hunter character. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Unban my account, EA. Please. There we go. That's the shout out for the there. Week. It is. I think Uh-oh. we really hit a wide variety of topics. We talked about a lot of shit. We did. I kind of like that. I like when we kind of hit on. Yeah. It just goes off the rails and it's whatever. We, we gotta do. start talking about books next. <laughs> We're just start reviewing food right, at, while right. we're at it, you know. Let's just start doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, oh, actually, thanks. I wouldn't mind <laughs> food. Food for board games. That might be a question. Yeah. How about none? How about zero? Oh, we did have a mishap recently, and that's okay. Well, it was completely fine. It's okay, but, but it's, it's just, just like I'm always shocked at people when they are eating like a ton of food just because I'm like, oh my god, like I just get nervous. But it, honestly, in the end of the day, it's really not a big deal. Like something I, that happened last I night. Getcha. It really didn't matter. Like nothing happened. It was fine. It was yeah, completely we fine. It. It, it was so easy. Up. It was fine. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um Cover I digress. I digress. Well Yeah. Y M M V. Am I right, fellas? Yeah, so um, you know, hopefully you like this podcast, but you know, your mileage may vary. No, Frank it. and Nick talk about a lot of subjects. I didn't fucking... Did I ever... No, no, I think you did bring that up. You definitely brought it up in the Fabled in Lost episode. In the Fabled episode. Lost episodes. For the folks at home, the Fabled Lost ah, episode, dude. some of our best That was one of yet. the best rants I had, actually. <laughs> I lost that. I feel really I'll talk bad. about that again. We're going to make people not want to watch this podcast because we're just going to talk about two episodes that they can't Some of them probably watch. don't even believe it happened. They're just like, oh, this is like a hype thing. Oh, dude, that would actually... <laughs> I was. I would not be clever enough to come up with that. That's smart, Because it's dishonest. I feel like I wouldn't... It goes back to, I wouldn't feel cathartic yeah, about having... I agree. That's what well, I'm saying. Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, we're still getting our fucking footing. You're yeah, a year yeah. into the... It's on, It's crazy it's been a year. It's been a year, but many, many months off. So we're trying to get back into it. But right, anyway, well. we will post again soon. Uh, thank you all for listening. Bye-bye.